Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy. I'm excited to be with you today. Got another fun podcast episode that I want to share with you. Today, I bring on a guest that's actually been a member of our Civil Engineering Academy coursework and community. He actually recently passed the Civil PE exam, and he's got tons of tips and tools to help you if you are going through the PE exam as well. His name is Daniel Reyes. He graduated from uh, The Ohio State University. He is a structural engineer. He works for a company called Shirk and O. Donovan uh, that does structural engineering. So uh, Daniel details in this interview his process that he had to go through as a repeat taker of the exam, very similar to my own, actually. Uh, But we discuss a lot of tips, tools, and tactics to help you on your own journey to pass this exam, not to be discouraged. You know, what people think about the exam, how much theory that they thought was on there, what was most difficult about it, and things of that nature, and how this PE exam and getting it is really the springboard to the rest of your career and life. So anyway, I had a great time interviewing Daniel. He's a great guy, and I think you're really going to look forward to listening to this episode, whether you're just needing some motivation to, to take the exam or whether you're a repeat taker thinking about taking the next one, so which I highly recommend. Anyway, uh, you can also feel free to reach out to me if you are struggling and need help, Isaac at Civil Engineering Academy. It's actually how we connected, uh, how I connected with Daniel, and uh, it was really fun to talk with him about things and see where he's headed. So anyway, with that long intro, let's jump right into the content because I think you're really going to enjoy it, my interview with Daniel Reyes. All right. Welcome to the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Daniel, how's it going? Good. How about you, Isaac? Hey, it's another fun day over here. I'm raising a newborn kid. I mean, my wife's basically doing all the work, but I sometimes have to balance the kid in the morning and, and type with one hand, even while I'm working. It's a, it's a little crazy, but new routines with new kids is what I'm seeing what's happening. So, oh man. Well, I'm excited to have you join the show today. Um, we connected kind of over Civil Engineering Academy. You recently passed the PE exam. Uh, you've just got a lot of momentum going into your career. Uh, I'm excited for you. So I guess to kind of start at the beginning, uh, Daniel, how did you find yourself into civil engineering? What was the the beginnings of that? Why did you want to go that route? Well, <laughs> it's funny. I actually wanted to be an architect at one point. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think because I like drawing and designing when I was younger, I thought that was kind of fun. So I was gearing my career path towards something in that in that field. But you know, as I got closer to you know my undergrad studies, I realized that I think I like the engineering side better. How does it work? That just you know makes it look nice and pretty, but how do we make that functional and safe for people? So I think that was kind of my segue into civil engineering and I realized that structural was probably going to be the way for me. It just fascinated me more out of the other topics. Awesome. Did you have any mentors or anybody you looked up to that 
had gone into this world? Civil um, world? Actually, I, no, I didn't really have any mentors. Uh, my parents, especially my dad, pushed me to go into a math kind of oriented field. And he told me engineering would be a good field for you to go into. Um, I think that's that coupled with my background and, you know, wanted to design things. I think that, that kind of was a good uh, pairing. So I think that's what put me in that direction. My parents and my desire to design things. So Yeah, that's great. That's a great combination. And knowing that in the future, you can work well with both sides because I've heard right. architects don't have the greatest love for engineers sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's vice versa, I tell you. It's a, uh, oh, love-hate well. relationship. <laughs> so um, why don't you tell me what you do for work uh, now? Like, where are we at now? Uh, and what, what do you do? Yeah, um, so I, I, I work at a consulting, structural consulting firm here in Columbus, Ohio. And... Uh, we do commercial uh, type buildings, a lot of warehouse style structures, big massive footprints. Um, you know, uh, we do like retail applications, and mm. some uh, like Wendy's or um, you know, Tim Hortons, uh, those type of fast food chains. And uh, we'll also get into some residential uh, multifamily or um, one-off applications with homes, like resident, actual single story uh, homes and things of that nature. So we get a variety of work. Um, so it's been a nice, good change of pace for me. It's, it's getting more technical, savvy, sure. developing new skills. So it's it's really good. And, and um, the work is very, you know, it's different types of work we get. So were you doing anything before that? <laughs> yeah, I actually uh, worked at a company that they did the uh, forensics type work. So okay. more related to insurance, uh, property loss, uh, more litigation side with insurance companies, you know, um, when these hurricanes or, um, you know, these floods, natural disasters come through, someone has to pay the damage, right? right? So it's usually these big insurance companies. And so they would hire out these third party consultants uh, to kind of overlook, you know, review like the damage, and uh, from like a more of a technical standpoint, um, you know, what happened? How do we get here? How do we fix it? And the costs associated with it. So cool. I was more, yeah, it was interesting. So I did a lot of estimating um, with the software called Exact Analysis. And it's a, a, like a, a tool that's pretty standard in the insurance industry for property loss. So I got to develop some skills of estimating things, but it, uh, just wasn't my passion. Uh, I was more interested in the forensic side. Uh, fortunately, I didn't get to experience a whole lot of that, but um, I, I knew I wanted to kind of develop more technical skills and learn more about structural engineering. So that's kind of how I gotcha. <laughs> made it to where I am now. So. Well, it's always fun to hear people's journey, how they got into civil engineering, you know, and what you're doing. Everyone's path's a little different and it sounds totally like you're going in the direction you want to head. So that's exciting. Um, now let's dive into like the PE exam. I know you're a recent test taker of that. You recently found out the results and you've been able to pass it. Um, can you tell us your experience with the PE exam and maybe even touch on what you thought was most most difficult? 
Yeah. Um, well, the PE exam is no joke. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's tough, but, you know, if you prepare for it, you can get through, but, you know, I, I guess I took it. This was my third time. So I mean, I'm a repeat taker, a three P I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm there with you. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, it was, I think just having that exam experience prior, you know, not passing the first two times, I really buckled down and I found the areas that I needed to focus on. Um, they sent you that diagnostics you know, telling you where you, you need to focus more of your efforts on. So it's a good tool to use. And um, I think the toughest part was just making the time to study and just studying the right way, getting, making sure you're doing the right problems and you know, not getting inundated with, you know, things you're probably not going to see like really long lengthy problems, even though they may be good. Um, I, I think the key is to find those problems that are more geared towards the P exam. Like there's great um, practice problems that I found on your website. Um, mm-hmm. So much in your Academy, which is really helpful, you know, especially for the morning portion. I mean, I think you put it, you said it night well in your, on your website, you get through the morning, you want to crush it or <laughs> get as much as you can or correct because it makes the afternoon that much more simple or at least less, uh, you know, I guess where I'm looking for the less you know, intense or, or, you know, you can miss a few more in the afternoon in the morning. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> hey, you got it right. Yeah. We we're always preaching that you got to crush that morning portion Yeah, because it is so much right. easier for you than the afternoon. And uh, yeah. if you can do that, then it's going to lift a huge weight off your shoulders. Now you don't realize that when you're in the exam, but I'm just telling you after you get those results sometimes <laughs> and you're thinking, how did I pass? Like, what? <laughs> cause I yeah. totally screwed that. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, no, I, agree. I did really well in the morning. <laughs> right. Right. And you know, uh, there's a lot of qualitative questions too, not just quantitative. And those are tricky, especially in the morning. Um, so I think it's just, you know, the civil engineering uh, reference manual was very helpful, um, you know, and just tabbing that up, going through it, and all the topics that are listed on the exam specifications, you know, on the STES website. So using that, reading some of the reference material, and just doing practice problems. I mean, I think that was the biggest thing for me. It was just problems and problems. Uh, Daniel, what was your depth section? My depth section was structural. So. Okay. And so, based. uh, historically the guys taking structural bring in a lot of books, a lot of reference material. What is your advice around that? Did you look at all the references you brought? Um, cause people are going to ask the same question that are going to take, you know, people that are taking the structural depth exam always bring this up. And so I'm curious what your experience is with the amount of resources you brought in the time, of the exam and dealing with all that. Right. Well, I had a suitcase <laughs> uh, full of books, um, more all more geared towards the afternoon. So, yes, I brought all of them, including the very thick Ashto book, which I don't know much about. So um, my background is more of building structural engineering, not bridge. So, um, but yes, I did bring that. Um, honestly, most I didn't really use. Um, probably half of the references are brought for the afternoon. Um, 
you know, there's a list of them, but I use probably maybe four or five of them. So um, you have your masonry code, you have your concrete code, you have your AISC steel code and the wood code. Those were probably the main ones that I used. Um, okay. I have a follow-up question to you on that. Okay. So uh, the spec will always list all those references and codes and standards. Did Was it that you just had a lot of the standards memorized when you were plugging through a problem and you noticed they just had to reference that because they, you know, they included it as part of the problem or was it just not even asked? Do you think? Yeah. Um, just some of the problems, or some of the references are brought, brought just in case, cause they can ask anything from any topic, any right. code. But um, when you, when you're reviewing or studying, I should say, you recognize problems, you know, it's pretty obvious like there'll be one on wood and sometimes it's as simple as looking up a reference in the table sometimes it's an equation but they don't try and disguise it um they it's pretty obvious like what they're asking for i mean mm -hmm. they, they are known to be a little tricky um but for the most part you'll know if it's a concrete question you'll know if it's a steel question you'll know if it's based on uh, for example, the ASC 7, which is minimum design loads for structures. Those type of questions you'll know right off the bat. Um, but, yeah. you know, it just depends on what they want from that particular code. So um, I really know you need to be familiarized with those, okay. with those codes, at least tabbing it up, um, knowing what the tables look for, especially in the wood code. You, know, you have different species and different grades and, um, you know, sawn lumber and glue lamb and all that. So, so don't not bring them, have them available. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Bring, I, I would just, I'd stress to bring all the reference material. Yes. It's a lot. Yes. You're going to bring a suitcase and maybe a backpack like I did, but I'd rather you have it and not need it than not have it and need it. Because then at that point, you're just guessing and you don't want to guess unless it's you know a couple of problems. And you're just like, I have no idea. Like I wasn't asked to. There was a bridge problem. I said, I'm not sure. I narrowed it down to two. And I said, ah, we'll just throw a prayer. <laughs> That's what you got to do sometimes. That's great. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that really helps people understand like the volume of stuff you're bringing in and what they really need. And I specifically remember at the time I did the geotech depth exam and they didn't list the ASC seven at the time as a spec or a code book that you needed to bring in. But they, well, I remember they asked something about factored loads. And so you had to remember, you know, 1.2 dead plus 1.6 live, but that was just <laughs> something you had in your mind. You know what I mean? So They've now listed that as a spec, but it's always helpful to bring those things in. Whether you got stuff memorized or not, I think it's still good advice. I think what you said is spot on. So um, how surprising was these theory questions? Uh, you, usually, usually takes people off guard. Did you feel like that was a big challenge on, on the exam? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. I think in, especially in the morning portion, the breadth exam, I had um, probably a handful of qual qualitative theory type questions and a couple of them were geotech. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was able to kind of narrow it down to a couple. Like I was, I can eliminate two of the four. And then I said, okay, I'm going to come back to that. And um, 
I was a little surprised, but not not overwhelmed by it because yeah. there were a lot of quantitative questions, you know, calculation based, and those I felt a little more comfortable with because I had prepared and well, I'd seen it two times prior, so <laughs> granted yeah. the questions were the same, but you know, those qualitative ones can can really trip you up on the exam, and I think as an examinee and you're preparing to take it, I would say not to get you know stuck on those. Right. If you don't know what they want or what it is, if you can narrow it down to two possible answer choices, start, highlight it, come back to it later. Don't get stuck on them. Because I think you said it too, Isaac, it's exams also about speed. And some questions take maybe 30, 30 seconds to a minute. Great. Those are the gimmies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then there's some that take a little longer you have to really think about. So it just depends on the exam and what they decide to put on it. But you will see quantitative qualitative questions. You will see quantitative, probably more quantitative calculation based than qualitative. But if you see those qualitative theory based ones, <clears throat> they can trip you up because you're like, oh, this is a calculation. Oh, no, it's not. Well, maybe it is, but it's not asking for a number. So I think it's important to recognize that as well. <laughs> I see you're laughing. So, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, another common question I get, and maybe you can help me answer it, is do you feel like the exam is tricky at all? Do they purposely try to mess with you? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I will say in the morning portion, it can be a little tricky because they may ask for something that you've seen before, but in a different way, or they may put a factor in their or something that can just kind of throw you off. But if you read the question carefully and really read what it's asking for, I mean, I'm talking word for word, underline if you can, the, the key components of that question and see really what are they asking for. Um, that That's one. Um, the afternoon, at least for structural, I'd say, you know, it can be tricky because there's so many references, tables in the codes, like for wood, the wood code has so many footnotes under the tables. And if you don't read those footnotes carefully, it'll bite you. <laughs> that that NDS I will tell. stuff, man. Woo. <laughs> NDS, the ACI 318, ASC 7. I mean, they, there's just, <laughs> it's not intentionally clear in those codes. So you have yeah. to really read and interpret it correctly. And I think that's where experience comes in because that's why they require you in any discipline, but. You know, they require at least a four-year minimum requirement to sit before. And I also think sometimes, you know, they might throw some additional information in there that's not really needed to solve the problem. So like you're saying, read through that. I always like to write down all the things they gave me before I started solving it, right? So write down, you know, the, the volume or what, you know, write down all the things they're giving you. And then see what they're asking for and really see if it plugs into what you need to solve for. So, um, you know, and sometimes they might have most commonly solved for things in there, too, as an answer selection. And off you go and you missed some sort of conversion and it's there and you're like, yes, and it's really wrong. So watch out for that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I agree. Watch out for that. Okay. Well, uh, Daniel, what advice would you have for someone repeating the exam? I mean, most people check out these NCES specification or the pass rates and the see as repeat takers. 
it's heartbreaking because the first time takers is like 65 to 70%. Repeat takers is half of that. So what advice would you give to people that are repeating this exam? Well, when I say stay determined, um, I know it's tough because Isaac, I actually reached out to you after I took the October exam. So I took it in October 2020 of last year, and I thought I did better the first time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that wasn't the case. Um, I didn't pass, and I was just completely at a loss. You know, you put in the time and effort, the money, and it's just to find out that you, you missed it. You just you didn't pass. And I, I tell you, it was devastating. Um, <clears throat> props to my wife, though, because she's been very supportive. And she said, you know what? Why don't you just take it in April? Just take the next exam. I think you could get through it. And I think that was the important thing. I, I think it was one of the greatest decisions. She's, <laughs> I say she made it <laughs> because I was really hesitant. Um, but she said, you know, take it in April <clears throat> and we'll see how it goes. And, you know, I, I think that was an important thing because it was still fresh in my head. I would just taken it. Everything was still fresh in my head. I had all my references. I think I just needed to, you know, do a few more problems, just expose myself to more problems and just really focus and hone in. Okay. What didn't I do well on and focus on those areas? But yeah, it was, it, it's tough, but you know, stay determined. Don't let the numbers, you know, um, don't let that distract you. Don't let that hinder you pursuing the exam. I mean, it, it's a huge goal. It's something that I think all engineers should get, especially if you want to be successful in your career. Um, and it's easier said than done, but you really have to have that motivation, determination to persist forward. And I was able to do it. Yes, it took you three times, but anybody can do it. You just yeah. have to have that mind right, right, the right mindset. Stay focused, stay determined, use resources, just do problems, and just you know, depending on what depth you're taking, make sure you have those codes. Make sure you have the references that they call out. You don't want to be caught without them. That's that's all I. That's, that's great I advice, say. man. I you brought up a couple of things there. One of them is that I'm hearing is that you really need a good support system, and your wife helped push you. Uh, it always surprises me how this uh, this exam affects other people, not just the exam taker, but it's like it it can be a drag on the whole family. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. if if your mental attitude is is not right, it can really drag the rest of your circle. Uh, down a little bit and they want to be there to help you. They want you to succeed. So, you know, they know it's important to you and it, you know, it's important to them too. And it's going to be a springboard to everything you're doing in life. And uh, that's awesome that you had that support there. So don't, don't give up. I can't remember what I said when you reached out to me, but if anybody I'm always around and I really do appreciate when people reach out to me, cause I love just chatting with them about what happened and, just trying to be a springboard to help them realize that, you know, you're not alone in this. We've had many people come through our courses um, that are repeat takers and there's no problem with that. And I, I just want to help people get over that hurdle. Cause I was a repeat taker and I understand the challenges of that and the mental hurdles and you beat yourself up and all of a sudden you're going to the exam with a crappy attitude and you've already, you've already failed if you're doing that. So uh, I think right. you got some good points there. Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, I appreciate you reaching out to me. Um, 
Anyway, sure. what uh, what's some books or resources that you have found very helpful? I know you mentioned our resources of Lynchering Academy, and we'll we'll definitely link that up. But are there some other resources outside of Civil Engineering Academy you found uh, helpful? Yeah, um, I actually PPI has some really good um, practice exams, at mm-hmm. least for structural. There's two two full 40 question afternoon depth exams, which um, they were challenging, but they were really good at just kind of um, referencing your code. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, you know, getting used to those type of questions and just tabbing through your code books and knowing where to look. Rec- problem recognition. That was, that was key. Um, like we were talking about earlier, you really want to know what, what the question type is and what is at least for structure, what, what, uh, what they're asking for, what code is being referenced. So, um, those were good. And then they also have a six minute solutions as well that I found helpful for the afternoon, um, as well. So I think those were two great, great references. I've read online that people say six minute solutions are not practical because they're really long. They're not really six minutes long, but, um, it's it's good practice because it really gets you focused. It helps hone in on those type of questions, just knowing where to look. And, you know, it, it helped me, it helped me a lot. I did, I think the whole, all hundred some problems. Yeah. <laughs> even yeah, if, I even didn't if they're way difficult, it's still giving you exposure to problems and, you know, right. they might not ask that whole thing, but a portion <laughs> of it, they could definitely ask. So exactly. yeah, yeah, definitely good, good advice there. And then I also use some of the Civil Engineering Academy. Um, you made some good YouTube videos for the morning portion for all the different morning topics. So I, I actually went through those again, and those really helped kind of freshen up the morning stuff for me as well. Um, and just tapping up my uh, Civil Engineering Reference Manual. So that was really helpful as well, just to kind of, you know, they were quick problems, but they were good problems. I think it kind of helped expose me to like some of the various depth questions such as geotech and water resources um and construction too because i had <laughs> had some trouble with the construction portion because those nice. can get tricky <laughs> that's awesome so, so you used our youtube channel you're also used some of our coursework is that correct yeah i, I signed up for the ultimate depth review course which i thought was nice um and that helped um you know just I really liked how you had like all depth modules available. You buy one, but you get all of them. So yeah, if you're focused in geotech or construction, you can focus on that, but you also have the other topics you can use if you want to hammer out some more problems, like if there's a specific depth or, or breadth portion that, for example, you know, uh, water resources, you know, you can maybe do a few of those problems. Like granted, the ones in the afternoon would be a little more involved, but I think this will still help kind of keep things fresh and, and help you, you know, maybe pick up a few things you weren't too sure on. So. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. So I think that's kind of one of the things that distinguishes from a lot of other stuff is that we give you all of them in one course. So, you know, take it if you need it, if you don't need it, then then don't touch it. I'm always surprised yeah. at some of the emails I get because people are sometimes like, I, I just want the structural one only. And I'm like, yeah, but you get them all. So you, yeah. you don't, if you don't want them, just don't use them. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, if you want to brush up on something, you know, like you said, it's there for you if you want it. Um, and and, and uh, that's taught by Andy Richardson. Uh, we are actually 
right in the middle of um, really close to uh, updating all of that content. So it's going to look really good here very soon. So I'm okay. excited to share that with people as we do that. But um, I'm glad that's that helped you a lot. Um, and uh, Andy's a good guy and he does a good job as well. So definitely check that out if you want to. It's at civilengineeringacademy.com uh, if you want to grab that. Um, so what are your plans now, Daniel, now that you've passed, what does the future look like? How do you think this is going to help you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I think where I'm at right now, my current company, it's, it's a good spot to be in for me. Um, makes that I'm, I'm still learning. I, yeah, I passed the exam. I got my PE, but you know, the, the any engineering field, you're always going to continue to learn because things are changing. And you'll never know it all. Just don't, yep. just don't be arrogant <laughs> and realize that that's just how it is. But I think just the experience that you gain over the years, um, you know, that that's really what sets you apart from other engineers or maybe the younger ones, because then you can kind of be the mentor. So I think that's what I want to do. I want to continue to hone in on my technical skills, learn more building design, you know, really develop that. And at some point, maybe become a mentor, you know, help some of the younger engineers, those who are getting their EITs, uh, those who are, you know, getting ready for the PE, maybe be like a guide for them to help them out. Because I think if I could share my knowledge and pass it on to someone else, I think that's that's one of the most rewarding things you could be as a, do as an engineer, in my opinion. That's Helping the younger generation, you know, and uh, I think that's, that's a goal of mine, but um, also, I don't know if I'll do consulting for the rest of my life. I think I'll do it for the foreseeable future. We'll see where the road takes me. You know, I may sure. take a step back and do something that's still in the engineering field, but maybe not as technical calculation heavy. Maybe something a little less intensive um, as I get older. Um, and who knows? Maybe I'll start a side hustle or start my own little <laughs> consulting firm. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> um, I think well, this, it uh, opens the doors to a lot of different things. And sometimes you don't know what you don't know until you get some experience under your belt. And you'll see areas that you maybe want to dip your toe in, whether it's project management or management or entrepreneurship or ownership or um, <clears throat> mentorship, like you mentioned. Like there's just a lot of different things you can dive into um, that either can take you into more into engineering and calculations or you know, allow this to reach different levels that you haven't even thought about. So I think you got a good plan there. So that's, that's good news. Thanks. Well, Daniel, I appreciate you jumping on the show today. This has been really fun for me to hear your experience, where you've come from, where you're going, how you got through the exam. And I think it's definitely going to inspire other people that listen to this as they go through this and kind of struggle as well. So um, I, I think being a repeat taker is nothing to shy away from. I wish more people would own that because a lot of people don't. And, um, you know, it doesn't mean you're a horrible engineer. It's just a stepping stone. And, you know, these testing centers, testing processes are just things sometimes you have to learn how they do that. And um, that's a separate thing. So anyway, I appreciate it. Um, Daniel, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you if they wanted to reach out to you, maybe ask you questions or, or further the conversation? Yeah, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. You know, my name is Daniel Reyes, so you can look me up on there. Um, I'm also available by email, um, personal email. Um, I can 
I guess that to Isaac or I can send that to you if you want. Um, sure. If you, I mean, if you want it in show notes, we can put it in show notes. <laughs> um, we could do that. I, I mean, I still part of the Facebook group with the civil engineer Academy, so it can be found on there. Um, and you know, Facebook, I'm also on Facebook, so you can shoot me awesome. a message on messenger. Um, and yeah, I can be reached pretty easily. And again, I encourage people if they have questions and they want to ask me, I'm more than willing to help. You know, I could share my experience and even some of my reference material. I have some uh, practice exams and stuff that I think could really help. Um, even even if it's just for the morning portion, if you're not a structural major or going taking that depth exam, you know, I think you know, I'm available to help if I can. So yeah, awesome. feel free to reach out. Okay, we'll go ahead and link that. And just so people are aware, we do have communities built for helping people that are going through this. And one of them's totally free to you. So if you go to ceacommunity.com, it'll take us take you to the main Civil Engineering Academy free community. We also have communities specifically built for our course members. So whether you're taking the FE or the PE, uh, and you get lifetime access to those private groups. So if you do want to be a mentor and help others. I've noticed that many of our previous course students will jump in there and try to help people that are going through the next round of exams, which is always nice to see. So anyway, Daniel, thanks for jumping on. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, thanks Isaac, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, see ya.